welcome to another episode of the Digital Jamaica Podcast. I'm your host, Kadia Francis. Guys, what's going on in the world? Oh my days, it has been a rough couple of days. I have I have been trying my best not to get overwhelmed by all of it. I've been trying to stay grounded and, you know, keep healthy, keep safe physically and mentally. First of all, this whole quarantine thing is my life because I don't really leave my yard unless I absolutely have to. But it's insane. It's different when it's by choice, when it's by circumstance and in 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 some cases by force it's like it's a whole different it's a whole different feeling it's a whole different thing i hope you guys are not just practicing social distancing and quarantining but you're taking care of yourself mentally because for a lot of us we have never experienced anything like this before. Us millennials and Gen Xers or Gen Zers or whatever we're calling ourselves these days. We have never experienced anything like this before. So for a lot of people, it's like, whoa, what's happening? Ah, guys, stay safe and stay sane. But I am um, I'm trying my best to cope guys i'm trying my best to cope i'm limiting how much news i watch i'm limiting social media because now everybody's an expert on covid19 and it's just like guys give me a break <laughs> but um yeah just be safe guys you know but i'm here with another episode for you guys to take in while you're at home or you know if you're like me that have to go out to work still something to take your mind off this if that's possible so i had the most amazing conversation with mrs jessica lecky aka jessica in the kitchen let me tell y'all something this girl is perhaps the sweetest and that's the only that's the only word i can i think i can use to adequately describe her the sweetest person in the entire world okay she's just the nicest person and we had a long conversation, but it was a how-to on building a business um, from blogging, building a brand. She, this could, this could easily be a webinar, okay? Because Jessica gave us the skinny on everything. There was nothing that she left out. Everything we should do, everybody we should talk to, everywhere she go, she told us that, okay? So you're going to come away from this episode learning a lot, okay? So never mind the length. It is good. It's a lot of information and she just did not hold back. And I appreciate her for that. But before we get into it, one quick announcement. Um, the Instagram 101 ebook is going to be available in the next three weeks. And you can now pre-order your copy. Listen, everything I know about Instagram, you're going to know about Instagram at the end of this ebook. I I am a social media kete. Y'all know this. I live on social media. And I have learned a lot. And I've worked with several clients and picked up a lot. And all my strategy, all my ideas, everything is in this ebook. Um, you want to know about hashtag, it's there. You want to know about how to go live, it's there. You want to know about using your DMs to get clients and to, you know, build relationships. It's all in there. I left nothing out, okay? Very thorough. It's like 
may I hold your hand and I walk you through the entire platform from the algorithm right back to the explore page right back to doing your hashtag research everything is in this ebook okay <laughs> so the link to pre-order is gonna be in the show notes on my website on my social media you're following me on social media right yes you are because we cool like that yeah so it's katie Fra- it's katie francis on linkedin it's at the digital jamaican on facebook and instagram and the digital jamaican on oh no digital jamaican on twitter because twitter don't want me to be great and um <laughs> you can pre-order your copy and make sure that you're not left out all right and i'm thinking about doing an audio version because my voice is sexy don't so i'm thinking about doing an audio version for people who don't want to read them just want to listen so that's definitely something that i'm willing to do but i'm seeing how everything works out in terms of time wise and all that so without much more chatting from me this is jessica lecky Hi, my name is Jessica Hilton Lecky, and I'm the CEO and creator at Jessica in the Kitchen, which is an online recipe food website. Um, so I wear all the hats um, in terms of photography, videography, recipe development. And yeah, it's my full time job and I love it. Awesome. I have been following Jessica in the Kitchen since before I decided to take social media seriously. I cannot remember how I came across your profile. I'm sure it was on <laughs> some Google search, something. I was like, oh, a Jamaican blogger. I honestly, this was like <laughs> about three or four years ago. I did not know that Jamaicans blogged. And then I, oh, wow. I, I, I didn't. I was that unfamiliar with this. Because I knew about blogging. I just didn't know that Jamaicans like took this blogging thing serious. Because... Your website is serious stuff, <laughs> right? Thank you. It is, because <laughs> I had to re-look around and go, but that's a Jamaican word. Hold a second. And then I saw myself, I said, oh, she's Jamaican. Awesome stuff. And I'm going, okay, this is top-notch stuff. And I started following you on social media. So I'm really excited um, to talk to you. But how did you get to vegan? Because I was fooled by a lot of those photos. Because I thought, I saw some some stuff and i thought okay popcorn chicken and i said no it's cauliflower it's like trickery yeah what kind of sorcery (laughs) is this (laughs) so how do you get to veganism and how do you make the food look so good oh well thank you one um and i like to i just um recently took the title cauliflower queen (laughs) (laughs) so it's fitting that that's the one that you um called out um but i started doing veganism so it started actually with vegetarian first Mm -hmm. and before that was baking so it's been a lot of you know different rebranding um but i turned vegan so the the blog turned vegan as well basically um and the blog was actually vegan before i became vegan so that's why that's there um but i always like hearing people say that that they didn't know it was vegan at first because i don't think anything should look vegan Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um it should just look delicious. And it does. So that thank you. So that's kinda like my cell. Show you delicious food, then you find out it's vegan, then you realize vegan food is delicious. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, what was your journey to cause you're Jamaican and Jamaicans love meat. So what was your journey yeah. <laughs> to uh veganism? How did that come about? Okay, so um I think in tying it in tying it in like how Jessica in the Kitchen got there helped as mm-hmm. well. So um 
when I started Just in the Kitchen, I had actually just finished my, um, I did a baking business at home for about three years when I was in undergrad law. Right. And I, everything, I guess, baking tends to be vegetarian anyway, right? Um, so it was like cakes, cookies, cupcakes, cheesecakes, everything. And like I said, I did that for about three years while I was in undergrad. When I started law school, I stopped because it was just too much to do at the same time. And I actually ended up becoming vegetarian that year as well. Um, and my husband and I, well, boyfriend then, were looking at the name and realizing that Jessica Bakes didn't really click anymore mm-hmm. since it was more savory recipes that we were doing. And so we rebranded to Jessica in the Kitchen. Um, it became a vegetarian website. And in terms of how I became vegan, I became vegetarian first. And that was like actually a very cold turkey moment. Mm-hmm. I kind of just went to go and make a chicken dish and my body was like, no, I don't want any more meat. And it, that was, that was, it was it. literally like that. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because you kind of say, well, even though the blog was just a hobby at that point, I kind of, this has to reflect my lifestyle. You know, I'm not going to make meat on the blog. Um, and I actually have an intolerance to pork and beef. So I never, I haven't even had that. I mean, I don't even know how long, uh, maybe like over a decade, much longer than that, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably since I was a teenager. Um, so I had only been having like poultry and seafood up until that point. So the switch to vegetarianism wasn't that big of a deal for me, to be honest, because I had been subconsciously making more and more vegetarian recipes. And then I was vegetarian for about four years. And then I decided to become vegan when I realized that I was addicted to dairy. So in the process of being vegetarian, you know, in Jamaica, everyone gives you cheese instead of meat, basically. Yeah. So if everyone has meat on their pasta, they give you cheese pasta or cream or something. So I was just consuming lots of dairy, which funnily enough, I actually didn't even drink milk. But in terms of when I went out, you know, I was getting cream and cheese and nonstop. And I I tried a week without it. And I was getting these crazy like withdrawal headaches, like insane. And I was like, oh, no, I I don't want to be addicted to this at all. Um, So after that, I decided, you know, I made a decision and I would say maybe like the first two weeks were rough and it wasn't as if I hadn't tried before, but after that, it was like, I'd never had dairy in my life. It was insane. Like it, I didn't crave it at all. Um, so after that, it was just pretty straightforward though. Oh, okay. Um, I think yeah. I, I'm, I'm allergic to, to dairy, unfortunately, because I'm absolutely obsessed with cheese. Um, the yeah. universe is trying to spite me. So no, no. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> obsessed with cheese, but I I have built up an intolerance for dairy. So I can yeah. understand that. But um can you quickly explain the difference between vegetarian and vegan? Because I am struggling with w- w- the difference between these two things. Okay, so vegetarians have um and the official definition, because for some reason in Jamaica vegetarian means you have fish as well. But right. that's a pescatarian. Um, oh, Jesus. So whenever I was vegetarian, I always had to tell people I don't eat fish. Uh-huh. Um, but somehow in the Jamaican definition, fish was included. Um, but vegetarian means that you have um, no meat, but you can have like byproducts of animals. Okay. So you have eggs and cheese and uh, um, honey. And veganism means you don't have anything 
with a face <laughs> and any of their byproducts, basically. Yeah, that's like the easiest way to understand <laughs> it. Or as they say, like, I love the way like um, Rastafarian say, which is like no bones. No bones. So <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing related to that whatsoever. Um, so you don't have any eggs, any cheese, as an example. Um, no meat whatsoever. So it's actually when you like even just try it, it the distinction kind of makes sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but I think it gets confusing when people are kind of like add on their own definition, right. especially since. There is like ovo lacto vegetarian, which means you have both, you know, um, eggs and cheese, and I'll say dairy because cheese meaning milk and everything. Um, and then there are people who are like, um, they have eggs but they don't have, you know, depending on certain cultures as well. Um, then you have people who, you know, so I think the different <laughs> versions of people kind of end up confusing people sometimes. But the main face, distinction, if you could see my face, yeah. nothing but confusion. <laughs> Over here. So the funny thing is that vegan is actually pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's more the vegetarian that confuses yes. people. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like a lot. But um we didn't really come here to talk about ve- um veganism, even even though that plays such a large part in your brand identity. But what I really wanted yeah. to talk to you about was how did you um manage your brand? in such a way where you're now realizing the success of Jessica in the kitchen? Because as far as I'm concerned, it's a big brand, especially for a Jamaican chef. Um, I, I mm-hmm. personally, and this is just personally, I have not seen another Jamaican. You, would you call yourself a chef? A chef? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. personally have not seen another Jamaican chef at your level in terms of your blogging, in terms of, all the other things that you've been doing, uh, and I'm assuming, and I, I could be assuming wrong, that this came off the heels of the success of the blog. So, and I know you said the blog started um, as a hobby, and I also did law, so I guess we have another thing in common. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I, I, you said it started um, as a hobby, and you were doing baking and stuff while you were in other grad, but where did the idea come from to, to do this blog? Um, well, when I was doing baking, it, I wanted to start sharing like what I was making. So I created one, I had a website for the business. So I take orders online or to share like photos of what I was doing. Um, and then I thought it would be cool to just have a blog alongside it. Like, oh, this is what I'm baking today, you know? Um, and that was kind of just fun because when I, after I made every dish, I take a photo of it, you know, or not dish every like. Uh, baked good I take a photo of it and um I found that even when it wasn't a customer you know I would just bake for fun of course and um yeah I just did the blog inside then slowly but surely you know you start to find out the community and you're like oh you know this is really fun and then I started cooking um hadn't really cooked that much before like you know you cook to eat but I found cooking to kind of be like a almost like a stress relief from the rigidness of baking. And while I do love baking, I don't find it necessarily rigid, but I do know it's a lot more precise, mm-hmm. you know. And so the cooking was a bit more of a relaxation kind of thing. And then I started to share savory recipes on the blog. So it was no longer just photos. It was like recipes now, savory stuff. Um, this is what I'm cooking today. You know, I just feel like making this. And, um, yeah, I saw community forming. And then at that point I was like, okay, I'm actually interested in this. I feel like everything else came Mm -hmm. after that. 
um, I was not interested in getting a proper camera, you know, yeah. or like um, learning more about photography and everything like that because I was really enjoying it. Right. And um, yeah, by the time 2014 came, um, it had a following. And that was just, you know, years pretty much on and off, to be honest with you, while in back undergrad. And I was like, okay, this looks like something that is doing well, you mm-hmm. know. We rebranded at that point. We started to like put more energy into it. Um, and by we, I mean me at the time, but my husband works with me right. now. So I kind of like just, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was kind of just a, a flow, basically. You know, it became a natural yeah. flow until the decision to like make it full time. And I t- started taking it, I would say, a bit more seriously in 2014. Mm-hmm. But I think, long story short, I didn't ever see myself as jamaican you know Mm -hmm. i i'm obviously jamaican i was born here um but i didn't say well i'm a jamaican blogger i was like no i'm just a blogger you know um so i i don't think i like try to limit myself i didn't try and target jamaicans only or anything Mm -hmm. like that i just kind of saw it as the internet you know so i do think that that was a big um part of my success because I never once limited myself in mindset, you know what I mean? Right. Do you think do you think that if you had started out with I'm a Jamaican blogger that you wouldn't have gotten to the to the not necessarily because you're limiting, but because we may not necessarily be known for blogging. So persons come across a blog and see Jamaica all over it, they might go, Okay, maybe this is not for me. So do you think this uh this general approach to just this is a blog this is a food blog, this is a vegan blog, and then building that community around those things instead of the centrality being your Jamaicanness. Do you think that's what contributed to the success, success of the blog? Um, yes and mm-hmm. no, because like I remember when um, Tessan was in The Voice and I did a blog post on it because I watched The Voice like religiously. So it wasn't that it wasn't known, you know what I mean? Um, or like I did a Jamaican blogger tag at one point in time. Um, I would share, you know, photos of like um, my backyard, you know. So I don't think it was unknown, right. you know what I mean? I mixed my personality into it, but I didn't like say I'm only using and selfish you know or i'm only using like grown provisions so i think that approach of kind of doing a more global thing um did help because i think if people came on and they saw ingredients that look great but they couldn't really relate to i don't necessarily think that it would have connected to them that being said i I find there are people in other countries that i love reading their stuff even though you know they make it very culturally focused but i do think personally mixing that in and like never hiding it but at the same time just kind of viewing it as like a global space definitely did contribute. Okay. When did you when did you realize that okay, my blog is becoming successful and this just might be a full-time thing because you you studied law and you went to you went to mm-hmm. Norman Manley? Was it Norman Manley? Yeah. When when did you realize that okay, so th- this thing take off <laughs> and I I can <laughs> I can earn a, a, a decent living from doing this good question um i don't know if there was like a aha mm-hmm. moment i think um i like started to work at brands every now and then i um, was definitely underpricing myself oh lord we all points. start that way <laughs> um yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> um <laughs> but i definitely know that 
at some point, even in law school, it was like, oh, this is making income. And, you know, when I was actually like practicing mm-hmm. law, this is making income as well. So I think it was, I can't even pinpoint mm-hmm. a time. I think it was just seeing that I was putting dedication into it, into it. And I think at one point while practicing, I just knew if I was doing this full time, it would do so much better. You know, it's the type of thing that, yes, you can do it as a hobby and it will do well. But if I was like putting my all yeah. into it. So I would probably say maybe like while practicing, it was that realization of this is something I'm pretty committed to. I'm posting three times a week on this. I'm, you know, getting responses from readers about they're making my recipes. I'm working with brands. Um, this is actually doing mm. really well, you know. So I would definitely say it's probably around that point in time. Okay, so is it that it started? Is it that you figured that if I if I just gung-ho with this, then I could probably be mm-hmm. making more money doing this than <laughs> actually being an attorney. Was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you said you were working with brands, is it that they found you and they wanted to sponsor something? Or is it that, okay, we, we, we like what you do and I see where you're using our ingredients. So let's have a conversation about that. How did that go? Um, so I would say, man, I wish I could remember the first brand I worked with. I think it was Silk, actually. The, the almond, almond milk Wow, brand. okay, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> so long ago, I'm trying <laughs> to remember it clearly, but I think, I think for the very first one, I was on one of these, um, so there's like these networking right. sites, like I think it was called Tap Influence, where you set up a profile, the brands go through the different profiles, they can say, oh, I like this profile, I want to reach out with this person. And I actually found those very helpful because they kind of um, were the middleman for you. And you knew that when you got an opportunity, basically, this was the brand saying, I want to work with you. Um, and I think that was the first time. So they reached out to me through that platform, okay. basically. And they were like, okay, um, I don't even think I had used, I hadn't like named any products at that point in recipes. Maybe I had said, oh, I really like this if someone asked. And it was basically like, um, can you use our almond milk in something? And I, I think it was like a mac and cheese I made. I, I don't even remember. You know, why is right. I cross as to what was the very first sponsored post? It might have been either mac and cheese or a pancake recipe. And so at the time, it was like through that. Um, but there was a mix in the beginning of me reaching out a lot. I reached out to so many brands. Um, one of the brands I reached out to a lot was Bob's Red Mill. And... I was in email communications with them for about two years until we finally worked together. And that's why when people tell me, oh, I emailed a brand and they didn't get back to me. I'm like, well, I emailed a brand like three times <laughs> <laughs> until, you know. Um, and now I've been a Bob's Red Mill ambassador for years. Like, I remember I did one post with them and I was so excited. In fact, the very first post I, get, I did with them was a giveaway. It wasn't even a recipe. And then they reached back out to me after that to say, hey, we want to work with you. And now we work together every year, which right. is incredible, you know. So it was definitely a mix in the beginning. But now I personally, I haven't contacted a brand in years, um, which I am super grateful for, of course. But I do think like, you know, like I put in the work in the beginning right. for that. So was this a part of some uh, strategy that you um, had or were you just... Uh, uh, were you just going along and seeing what happened and making some contacts right. here or there? Um, was it just happenstance is what I'm trying to say? Or did you have an actual no, strategy you. that you were employing? Because, I, again, you're trying to make this into a thing. 
Um, that's a good question. So at first, I had to be so honest with you, like before, um, I started practicing, like there was no, there's nothing in my mind to say this is gonna be my full time job at all. So it was like I'm making money from this. This is great. There was no plan at the time. There was, of course, some sort of plan because I had to, you know, sign up for the network or sign up, but I didn't have like plan to go full time, reach out to five brands or anything like that. Um, but I did join like a couple blogging groups on Facebook, and that's when I found out, oh, this does have more potential right. than I'm thinking about. Um, when I did make the plan to go full time, I did do a business plan for sure. So that at that point, it was a solid um business plan reaching out to brands or getting sponsorships or ambassadorships or you know freelance work so i would say before it was like almost creating the happenstance yeah. for myself mm-hmm. you know and then after that it was like a, a set plan. can you talk some more about the importance of having a plan because a lot of yeah. times uh blogs blogs kind of start out as personal interests hence why it's called a blog yeah. i mean they used to be called journals before because it the whole online blogging space started yeah. out as online <laughs> journals um talking yeah. about your interests and sharing information with persons in your community who share similar interests and then it morphed into a, a blog and now it's morphed into a full-fledged business for a lot of people so can yeah. you talk a little bit more about um, the business aspect of, of blogging, because I think a lot of people uh, have not yet realized, and when I say a lot of people, I mean locally, because blogging is a big thing elsewhere. Right. Abroad, yeah. Abroad, so yeah. can you talk to Jamaicans about the business of blogging and what that entails and how having a plan can really take your blog from just a hobby or an interest or something where you make money from here or there to a full-fledged full-time business right okay yeah um that's a great question and that's a great topic as well so i i like that you actually started by saying that it used to be journals right. and um personal things because i always tell people do not start a blog to make money like yeah, it's not gonna work it way. is so much <laughs> work yeah. you have Definitely. to love it first like i am yeah i i think you will quit if you say i'm starting this to make money because there's so much dedication you have to love it you have to listen to so you know just yeah, so creating much content first. is difficult um, just yeah and you have to have some real passion to say this is what I'm going to do day in day yes. out. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> you <know>? totally relate <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that being said, if someone realizes, oh, I'm really good at this, this is something I love, and I see where it can make money, I would definitely say the first thing is to do a business plan. Um, before anyone even starts, I say business plan. Because I feel like a business plan, and there's one I use specifically um, on this website, Nectar Collective. It just rebranded, but if you like Google, it takes you right there. But it's like a creative business plan. And it I love it because it is literally built for creatives and it forces you to answer so many questions that you will not think yeah. of. You know, if you just buy a plan and you say, Well, I'm gonna blog today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of makes you say, All right, what do I have in mind of this? You know, who are my competitors in this space? And even though like in the food blogging space we don't really have any competitors, quote unquote, it's still good to know who's in my niche, you know, um, who can I maybe learn from as an example? Um, and it again makes you choose a niche because I do feel like choosing a niche is 
a key um, factor as well. I think if you just try and blog for everyone, that won't help. I think saying, this is my tribe, these are the people I am talking to. So that was one of the reasons why when I went vegetarian, so did the blog. Because if I was trying to, you know, work for everyone, it wouldn't work. Um, so I said, I'm going to make vegetarian recipes. And I, I, I made it pretty niche, to be honest, because right now it's um, healthier vegan recipes and I almost like to healthy-ish because I, I you know, will use sugar as an example. Um, it depends on what your definition of healthy is. But for example, you, you know, you know, it's okay. These are wholesome nourishing recipes, basically. Um, there are some people who their thing is quick recipes for a mom of four kind of thing, you know? So whoever you are catering to, I think, in doing the business plan that will make a difference um it forces you to create an avatar as well like your ideal person who am i writing to you know in every single post so i try and focus on like a person that i'm writing to um and i kind of like create my avatar in my head who is for me is a woman um and most of my audience are women i think it's like 88 percent um so just that plan and again the business plan goes through all of that you know and just keeping that in your mind at all times. Um, in terms of other business stuff, treating it like a business is so crucial, you know, not a hobby. Because if you decide, well, I mean, I'll get to it when I get to it. As opposed to, say you have a full-time job and you are starting with this. You know that when I come home from work, for the next two hours after dinner, this is my time to work on this. Nothing will interrupt it, you know. Just kind of make making it not strict but serious you know what i mean and giving it priority and giving it time because if you want it to be treated like a business you have to treat it like a business as well you know um i work from home and one of the things i had to do was have a home office so off, just a room dedicated to it not decide i'm going to drift into the bed obviously that's what happens every now and then but even just to help me to not make my home be an entire office because then i'll never be able to relax you know um, so I think that general mindset, of course, and kind of knowing what do I want to invest in, you know, um, is it that you're going to, for example, a podcast, invest in a mic? Is it that you're going to invest in a great laptop because you know you're going to need to edit videos for a food vlog, you know, um, is it that you're going to get a great camera? It, um, I don't know, just so many different things, you know what I mean? And doing that research saying I'm viewing this as a business, so I'm going to invest in the areas that I know will help make a difference. Is it going to be a blog designer? You know what I mean? So, so many different categories that just looking up, just saying, I want to take it seriously and just executing that. So when did you start solidifying your brand identity and message? Because five years ago, about four or five years ago, when I came across your website, the first thing that came to my mind was that, okay, this doesn't, this looked fine. It doesn't look like it was locally produced. And, and I mean, Jamaicans don't know what that means. It means that there was a certain quality uh, to it. Um, a certain, should I say, international appeal mm -hmm. uh, to the website. And but before I even knew that that was ooh, brand identity and messaging and stuff, I could recognize that there was something different about what you were doing. Um, now that I'm in the space and I know what these terms mean, <laughs> I can say, okay, so she has solidified her brand message and identity. So when did you, <laughs> when did you start uh, nailing that aspect of your brand down? Okay, so um, good question, by the way. Um, I would definitely <laughs> say that 
when we decided on Jessica in the Kitchen, because um, like I said, my husband, then boyfriend, is the one that helped me to come up with like the name for rebranding the blog. And this was when we realized, okay, I'm vegetarian now. Um, calling it Jessica Bakes doesn't really make sense anymore, especially since I'm not doing the baking business. And we had done like a mini course on this website called Fizzle, which, you know, one of those websites that hosts like people's courses and everything. And um, they're just basically right. talking about having a niche and, you know, just like branding basics, basically. So we had taken mm-hmm. it into consideration, but nowhere near on the scale as to when we did a big rebrand in 2017. So still kept the name Jessica in the Kitchen, but this was like redoing the entire feel of the brand, redoing the logo, everything. So the first mm-hmm. time I had actually worked with a designer online and she was a designer and developer and she did it. But this time it was like two separate teams that we worked with that came together and um, the developer, they were really great. They got like the vision I had in mind down physically so it could actually work. Mm -hmm. But the design I worked with, who I still work with nowadays, um, every single day actually, um, she is incredible. She basically gave me like a branding kit and made me answer a lot of questions so even though i had done the business plan i knew what i wanted business wise this is such a different side like you said you know um that focused on things like when you think of your website you know what three words come to mind and i think we had chosen like um clean colorful i i don't remember the last word i think it was playful or something like that and so she kind of kept that in mind you know and um i had to answer quite a lot of things i was like ah okay this makes sense so everything that we produce falls in line with that branding. So like the logo and, you know, the photos and even in the photos, we still keep it pretty branded. So I always make sure I use like bright colors in the photos on a white background, you know? So if you can see, you know, this is my photo or if you go on my feed, you know, on Instagram, you see, Oh, okay. Right. I get it. Or in the videos, you know, it's the same, um, white marble background that I use. So Mm. I would definitely say that, it started, you know, before when Jessica in the Kitchen started in 2014, but in 2017, it was a big rehaul. And that's when I really was able to see through working with these two um, like businesses, just how important branding was and just keeping on brand, you know, and even with the recipes, we stay on brand. We know, okay, the recipes are supposed to be approachable, easy. You're not supposed to feel intimidated to make them. You know, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about, oh, this doesn't look vegan, you know, keeping that in mind as well. Yeah. Um, so that even if it's like a salad, you're going to look on and say, oh, that looks like a good salad. You know what I mean? So just mm-hmm. keeping all that in mind in every aspect of the business, basically. Yeah, because it's, it's so it's, it's so important to be consistent because after a while, after you've built up that community, they've now come to expect that from you. Yeah. They've now come to expect quality and relevance from you. And even though even though uh, the, 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 the consistent look remains the same, so it's the same background, right. it's the same style of writing and stuff, why they keep coming back is because it's, it's always fresh. It's always a new ingredient, a new recipe, um, a new video, something new that they can learn and that they can try. Right. So w- what I have done is I've, I've templated all of my <laughs> content, my entire content creation yeah. process has templates. So my graphic design is templated. So I literally just drag and drop. The only thing that I really have to do differently is when I'm actually writing the text for the blog, yeah. but 
basically everything has remained the same and i realized that it cuts down on the time that you spend creating the content because as far as i'm concerned that takes up the biggest chunk of time the developing the planning and the creating of the content so i've just decided to just template everything and just uh work everything into a, a template that cuts down um on the time because i realize how important the content right 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 exactly. is is to the entire brand and if like you you can afford to you know put a team together and get it done even though you were already brand conscious mm -hmm. before the team you already had that in mind it's while going through the process you realize how much it actually entails yeah and how uh important it is but um going back to um the whole concept of and and to, to what's true is that having a solid message and your identity and having this consistency makes you marketable yes yeah um yeah and it, it sets you apart from everybody else because your thing is on another level <laughs> um <laughs> so it, you you are more seen you build brand recognition yeah. and authority around your brand because people realize that okay it's it stops being a blog and now it's a blog business yeah you know what I mean? And your blog now becomes a central hub of your actual business. Yeah. Right? So what are some of the other uh, opportunities that you have had uh, coming from having such a, a stable product? Because now you start seeing the blog as a product mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Not just the recipes and the, the cooking, but the blog itself is a product. So what are some of the other opportunities that you've... Um, attracted to yourself because of having such a quality blog well um i actually just wanted to right before i answer that when um he said something that i really like just so you know about i guess in a team but you know what i think is another thing that would help say like you can't i mean i think getting like a course online like even a really like on pinterest sometimes they have these you know on etsy but also serving your audience because when you think about it, you're branding for your audience already. And sometimes there's a brand there that maybe you're not even seeing, you know what I mean? So one of the things that has helped a lot is we do a um, yearly survey. And even just ask our audience, what do you think of when you think of the brand, you know? And I think that's amazing because you it, it's almost like your own free branding session, you know what I mean? Yes. For the people that already love your business and that want to see more of it. But um, in terms of like opportunities, um, it's actually, it's been pretty incredible. So I would say I've won a couple of awards, which was pretty amazing, um, including in 2018, I was in California at this conference, ShiftCon, and I won an award for Best Original Photography. So that was pretty incredible. Um, wow, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... That to me, that was not my first award, but it was kind of like being recognized on an international scale for this, you know, not mm -hmm. for any reason whatsoever. Um, I was one of like the youngest people there. That was incredible. And I've also been on a lot of like sponsored trips. So we went, I was invited last year, November to Israel and that was amazing. Like, oh my gosh, that was an incredible trip. But long story short, like, um, it was a nonprofit in Israel that had reached out and had said, um, in fact, 
it was like a process. Everyone had to apply at first. But someone who had done it before told me about it and said, hey, I think you should apply. And I did. It was incredible. It was me and three other women who, of course, you know, became friends with on the trip. They were all from California. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to Israel. And we were there for a week learning and basically sharing with our audiences. So that was phenomenal. You know, I, I don't think I'd ever really thought of that happening. Even yeah. if it was like, well, this could happen one day. I didn't really know it could come true, you know, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year again in in the summer about june july i was invited to mexico on a sponsored trip and i've been to mexico a couple times it's my favorite country but um this time was completely different you know so that was also incredible um it was to this place called rancho la puerta which is like a wellness spa so branching out into that wellness area has really helped because when people see Mm -hmm. vegan they also think wellness so sometimes i'll do wellness posts i love doing travel posts as well so just like sharing all of that has allowed brands to say oh wait she'd be a good option for this you know Mm -hmm. um i've done a lot of like speaking events engagements which i really love as well i love like being able to share about business with people about veganism with people you know about um being a black woman you know um doing this in, in the blogging space, space yeah. yeah so because that is it's we do have like we have like a black blogging group on facebook for example you know mm-hmm. um which is a great place just to remind you that you're not alone because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well, a lot of times you go to conferences very rare to see but i always have there's a friend that i always go to um with and i always see like other bloggers there you know you meet new people and everything um, and speaking of that, just going to conferences as well has been incredible. Um, last year as well, actually, Pinterest invited me to come to their headquarters and I went. That was incredible as well. Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. And they invited me to their conference as well. And I did like a interview there. So it really has um, afforded me a lot more opportunities than I could have possibly fathomed. And I, I love mm-hmm. that because... I love when dreams that you're not even thinking of come true. You know what I mean? And I think that kind of just goes back to the marketing yourself as a global individual rather than this is me. I'm only here. You know, don't reach out to me if you're not from here as well. Um, So I really think that that has definitely helped. But it's been like quite the journey so far, for sure. Wow. And you you see, this this is what I love about the online space. It affords you so many opportunities that you you normally normally wouldn't be available to you. Yeah. And normally you wouldn't even know existed. Yeah. And and it's just on the strength of your own efforts. These this these are opportunities that you either attract or create for yourself. Exactly. And it allows you the space to do that. Because if there was no Jessica in the kitchen and if you weren't doing it doing it at the level you were doing it, nobody would see you. Right. So right. It's, it's the fact that you've can maintain a high level um consistently remain relevant remain yeah. on brand and remain authentic because yeah. it's not like they don't know you're jamaica they know you're jamaica yeah you know so, <laughs> yeah so you so you've remained you you you've, you've gotten all those things um really sorted and together and now you're starting to get the benefits of that and and it's funny you should mention pinterest because a lot of jamaicans don't know pinterest and 
I've known of Pinterest for a long time. And when I started using Pinterest, I started using Pinterest because I thought the pictures on there were so cool. Yeah. And I created <laughs> about 5 million different boards and I was just pinning up backside. Yeah. <laughs> and then I really started seeing, okay, okay, so Pinterest is actually a search engine, search engine. Yes. And there's so many things you can actually do on Pinterest. And Pinterest can be so helpful in terms of getting you traffic to your blog. Yeah. It's um, actually our number one source. Like yeah, in terms oh, of social media. Yeah. So there you go. So um I have been really talking a lot more about Pinterest and how Pinterest can really help local bloggers um get into get traffic to their web be seen. Yes, yeah? definitely, definitely. So I'm um, I'm glad you mentioned Pinterest because that gave me an opportunity to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that Pinterest is actually a a, a, a overlooked resource but a good resource because even even for content planning and development pinterest yeah. is really good because that's the first place i go when i need inspiration for something or when i need an idea or something like that that's it's uh, that's actually a part of my content development process pinterest is one of the tools oh, i that's, use that's so smart. yeah i'm glad you mentioned um pinterest but in terms of Two things. Have you done anything locally in terms of uh, speaking engagements, in terms of, I don't know, workshops? Or do you do any of um, those things locally? Or is it just that the space hasn't been created yet or you're not in that local space? Um, I've done majority of the speaking engagements locally, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, okay, good. and I love that because I have definitely seen... I mean, I think while... I've been shown a lot of love abroad. <laughs> um, yeah. I could never say that I wasn't shown love here, you know. Um, I've done a lot of interviews in, like, the different newspapers, especially, like, Jamaica Observer. And mm. I've done, I did a column with them. I still, you know, it's very on and off, but it's, I still do yeah, it. Yeah, you did something for Restaurant one. Week once, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, it was for the, food, the foodie seminar. And yes, food Restaurant Week right. a long time ago, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah whoa. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I've done lots of speeches. I specifically love doing them here, especially to like young girls because mm-hmm. man, I feel like the generation right below us is so smart. I, I kind of forgot how smart high schoolers were, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. until you speak to them and you hear their dreams. And I'm like, please don't let anyone crush these dreams. Like, please follow through on these dreams. Yeah. They're incredible. But yeah, um, I don't do workshops. I'm not, well, let me tell you, <laughs> a lot of people have begged for me to do cooking workshops. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do it one day. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I totally get why, um, but it's a lot of work, you know. It, it, and Workshops are a lot of work, yeah. And I think coming from the catering and the um, baking days, I was just like, no, never again. But <laughs> it's been a, a great demand up to yesterday. So I was like, I don't know, maybe one day I will say, okay, you know what? We're going to have three workshops this year and no more. Or, you know, maybe once a year kind of thing or a meetup mm-hmm. or something, um, I think would be a good idea. But I don't. So I know it's mainly everything is online. Okay. Yeah, except for the speeches, of course. But I'm talking about like, workshops. It. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> And I see, I see where you, I, cause I downloaded your free, there's a free book. I think it was a summer 
recipe booklet that you oh, have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your, and your thing, and I attempted one, and it didn't turn out great, but that's for another conversation because I'm still hurt <laughs> by it. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it didn't turn out great because I decided that I was going to um, um, alter the ingredients because I didn't think ah, what okay. was on the list. Okay. <laughs> ah, At least you're honest. At least you're honest. <laughs> she said this. She really means this. Okay, <laughs> yes. I understood. I think I was trying to sorbet this mango sorbet thing. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 it didn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you also have... You have a book, right? Um, yeah. So I have an ebook, not a cookbook yet. Right. I definitely want a cookbook. It's just, you know, working that out. Um, but right. I do have an ebook. So tell us about the ebook. Yeah. So it's called "It's That Easy," and I did it when I was vegetarian to basically be like a meatless guide, like a guide to mm-hmm. um living a meatless lifestyle. I think it was a tagline that I called it because I got that question so many times, especially when I was vegetarian. I guess mm-hmm. I don't get to anymore because people just buy the book. <laughs> so, right. um, but it was a lot more than just recipes. It was just guiding you and basically letting you know, even though I did it cold turkey, I actually don't recommend that because mm-hmm. even going vegan, I didn't do that cold turkey as an example. You know, I did it piece by piece over time. Um, and I think it's important not to like throw yourself into shock, you know? Yeah. Um, I do find what happens to a lot of people is they're like, I'm just going to do this now. And then they kind of panic when they realize they've had beans three days in a row and nothing else, you know? And (laughs) I want to show them, I promise you, there's variety. And you can do it on any restriction you have. If it's Mm -hmm. gluten-free, if it's low-carb, you know what I mean? Um, Whether you're allergic, because I even have friends um, who are allergic to nuts that are vegan, which maybe at first you're like, oh, that sounds hard, especially since, you know, a lot of cheeses, like vegan cheeses are made with nuts, but they have found phenomenal ways to, you know, make a difference and still have everything that they love. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so the book just kind of goes into all of that, even eating out in Jamaica as a vegetarian. I yeah. tell people, if you're a vegetarian and you buy this book, email me, and I'll, I have a separate guide that I didn't want to put in the ebook because I didn't want it to seem irrelevant, just in case. But mm-hmm. I said, just send me an email, and I will send the guide to you. So I have, like, a guide of where to eat out vegetarian, what I like to eat there, you know, so just trying right. to make it easier for people to yeah to to um to switch over get into that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's awesome I know I saw I know I saw the book so what other projects do you have uh in the pipeline that you can tell us about coming up in 2020 uh that we can get excited about <laughs> from um, from Jessica in the kitchen man I wish I could tell you that I had a list <laughs> to be <laughs> honest um right now. Or a big thing is just um, focusing on like the blog. That is uh-huh. saying I am open to anything, of course, that happens, right. especially travel <laughs> related. Um, but yeah, I right now we're just making sure that we're being as consistent as possible, you mm-hmm. know, with the recipes, with the videos. Um, YouTube is something that we've really gotten into of late, and yes, I'm trying noticed. to just do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. We're trying to just do like a video every two weeks. And building that up. So I guess if there's anything I'd highlight as quote-unquote new, it would be that. Um, we can expect to see a lot more videos as well, like the one-minute videos. Mm-hmm. Getting back into that again, you know. So just kind of building up the site to be like this resource. Um, I do know a big plan for next year with the site is to do more basics. So I do find that sometimes I get very excited with recipes. And 
I will do like a non-basic version of it. For example, cornbread. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do like a cheesy cornbread thing and somebody just wants, you know, a cornbread recipe. So yes. that is something that is planned for a lot of next year. Just good basics. Um, and I think that will help more with just a general message of yeah. this is supposed to be easy for you. And yeah. Good and a soft, at the same soft time. introduction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> what's the name of your YouTube um, site? Um, it's just in the kitchen. Just I think Jessica it's youtube.com slash all those different numbers and letters. But if you type in <laughs> just, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So um I noticed on your website that you mm-hmm. have um there's a section on your website that talks about well it has what does it say? Because I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now and it shows you shop all my kitchen essentials. It, yeah, are, are these your branded products or is this affiliate marketing so it's affiliate marketing um okay that's something that we have really wanted to get into properly but right. we just haven't yet mm-hmm. um but yeah so just showing people what i actually use and of course if they buy it we get a commission off of it right so how how much of a part of your um platform is affiliate marketing you just said you wanted to get more into it but how much of a factor has that been in your whole how um, you mon- very, monetize your brand? Very small, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And while I do think if you really put like effort into affiliate marketing, it will like reward you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't really been anything that we've fully explored. Um, I used to do it a lot more. I used to have a section at the end of her blog post where I said like, um, this is what I used for this. Mm-hmm. So that is something that we kind of want to build out. We want all the posts to look the same. You know right. what I mean? Um, but right now, it's a pretty small percentage of it. Okay. So in terms of monetization, and you don't have to go into the, 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 the details of how you make money, but in terms of monetizing uh, your brand, what are some of the <laughs> things that you have done? Um. So I'd say the probably like the top two, but I think it's, it would still be number one um, way is through ads, actually. So, right. like, if you go on Dressing in the Kitchen and you see, like, an ad, we work with a ad company called Mediavine, um, mm. best ad company. <laughs> and um, basically, a long time ago, there was only Google ads, and we yeah. all had to waterfall our own ads, which was awful. <laughs> it's a terrible process. And none of us really knew what we were doing. So they do all of that for us. They can filter so many things out, you know, if you don't want this on your site, this ad won't show up as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, And that to me is incredible because it kind of provides like for a freelancer, like a kind of like a monthly salary. You know what I mean? You always Mm -hmm. know, even if I don't do this in this month, I have this. Um, Mm -hmm. So for the month of December, for example, we're not doing any sponsored posts and that's the next thing. But I know that, well, I have my ad income, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so the next thing is sponsored posts, which are pretty straightforward. It's just basically a brand saying, hey, we want to work with you and we want you to use like one of our products in your recipes. Right. And so the way we do it is we only work with brands that like truly, truly, truly appeal to me. And as I know my readers will like yeah. um, it's stuff that I've used before. In fact, I would say pretty much... <laughs> It's very rare that I work with a brand and I have not already tried their stuff. You know, yeah, it that's would a part be, of the whole authenticity thing. Exactly. Yeah. It would be that they would send me, then I fall in love. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. Or I hear this idea. I'm like, oh, 
I know my readers will love that, you know? Um, mm. So that is pretty, I love that because it's not just an ad, you know? Um, it's not like just a blog post being written and, hey, use this. It's, here's a recipe. This is relevant to you yeah. to show you how this recipe works in this. Yeah. And then after that, it's like the ebook, um, whether it's, you know, different opportunities like freelance work. And then I would say at the end is affiliates. But again, affiliates can build as big as you want it to. Yeah. So yeah. you, I, at the top of it, you said that you had to learn how to do everything, including food mm-hmm. photography. And I think your pictures are so vibrant and they're so colorful. Literally, they pop off the page. And yeah. and this is true for any Jessica in the kitchen page you go on, whether on Pinterest, on <laughs> Instagram, on your website, even your videos, there's a pop to it. So Thank you. <laughs> I can see that there's a lot of work that goes into food photography. So would you call yourself a food photographer? Is that a part yeah, of your whole portfolio? So do you offer that service to other brands or is it just I'm honing these skills for my brand? Um, so I would do like freelance work with a brand, mm-hmm. you know, if a brand said, Hey, I want to do this on my website, I'll hire you. Then that is something I would do. Um, when it comes to like other bloggers, I don't do that anymore. I used to for like videos as an example, yeah. but I do know that's a big thing now where people are like, you know, you want to just make your whole site look consistent, right. especially from a million years ago. Yeah. So I do know there are people that go through people's posts and retake. Um, but right now it really is. You know, maybe some freelance, but mainly just in the kitchen related stuff. Although every time I do a sponsored post, it, I am doing products for the brand, you right, know. Yeah. Um, so it benefits both of us in that way. And I'm glad you bring up back sponsored posts because the question came <laughs> up in my head and then it went. As it relates <laughs> to um, sponsored posts, talk a little bit about building up these digital relationships because they, mm-hmm. they found you online. So how yeah, did you yeah. build up that uh, relationship with this company online to the point where you are now, in, in some ways, digital partners? Um, right. What, what is that process like? And how talk to us about how important it is to build these. Because you said you are the ambassador for Red Mills. Is it Red Mills? It's Bob's Red Mill. Bob's Red Mill. Right. And, yeah. and that has been ongoing for some years now, which means that you, yeah. it's not just a one-off influencer thing. You now have a partnership right. um, yeah. with them. Because I, I, I wrote a guide that I have not published. Don't get me started. So I wrote a guide, um, Influencer Marketing for Jamaicans. And mm-hmm. in it, I talk about the, placing more value on building partnerships and not oh, yeah. just one-off sponsorship engagements um, as an influencer because one there's a longevity to it and it's 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 consistent and it it, it can mean more income over a certain period of time and certainly yeah. once brands see you working with other brands they're going to want to jump in and act and that brand will pay you to get access to the niche that you that ha- you yeah, already have their attention so talk yeah. talk some um, so I'm glad you mentioned about sponsored ads. Talk a little bit more about how important that aspect of your brand building process is. Oh yeah, so I like you said 100% prefer partnerships. Um I find that doing one-off posts can be very difficult uh-huh. because 
you are trying, you know, to one, you're trying to like figure out the brand itself and the messaging and everything versus no, I genuinely use this. I've worked with this brand for years. Even if it's, we do one post a year for years or we do several posts a year for years kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it just starts with, like you said, having a great brand and putting yourself together in a way that's uh, marketable. Mm -hmm. But for example, whether it is you email the brand or they email you, I do know like when we started, I did a lot of the emailing, Mm -hmm. um, especially like with Bob's Red Mill and they're like, I mean, everyone knows that I love them. Like, (laughs) um, but I use them even if I am not doing a sponsored post, I will show them and say, Oh, use this over and over again, you know? And I think it's really just showing your audience as well that you're being authentic. Like this is not just everyone that throws money in my face. I'm going to work with them. It's no, I really want to, you know, develop this and foster this relationship and, I genuinely feel like to your audience, it shows, oh, wait, she really does use them. She really does like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, it's really important to do those. I think it works for everyone, including the brand. I mean, you need to you know, know that you are also helping the brand with their goals. And it's something I always ask the brand, what are your goals for this? You know what I mean? I don't want to just take money and nobody wins you know what yeah. i mean i don't think that helps anyone or any blogger in no. the long run but i have found that even when i mean like um talks with a brand i do say hey i do consul- um sorry i do ambassadorships you know and i personally think that when um my readers see that i work with a brand more and more they feel more connected to the brand so i feel like even just saying it sometimes and i think sometimes as bloggers we need to remember that this is very new especially to people who have done this job for many years and have worked with magazines you know or more traditional types of media and print we are very very different to them you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so sometimes even just making it clear to them what you want and just knowing that in your head i'm gonna reach out to brands like this or you guess i'm saying just giving ideas as well don't just be like okay, whatever you say, like say, how about this? How about that? I think that really helps with fostering that relationship as well. And just making sure that you're professional with it. You know, respond to emails in a timely manner, you know, keep a professional demeanor in general, whatever that means for your brand. And just like working on those relationships with the brand. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I see where that can be way more ben- beneficial to you in the long run. Yeah. And, and it's about a trust factor between you and your audience because really your your uh your loyalties to them first because they helped you yeah. get the brand to Love that point so you yeah. and you want to be authentic and you 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 want to make sure that whatever it is that you're saying to them these are things that they can trust they can trust yeah, that exactly. okay i trust jessica that if she said this would work then it will work you understand exactly, and that means exactly. that you may have to spend some time with the product yourself making sure that the product is legit the company might be a big name but isn't legit for my audience you know right so it's not just jumping into a relationship because somebody said boo you, you, you jump yeah you, you spend exactly. a lot of time doing your own research and then another thing that is also important is making sure that the brands are compatible um exactly whatever, and i love yeah. that you brought that up because yeah, brand that's alignment is very important yes and yeah. not just that just making sure like you can imagine if you did 
like <laughs> for example i would never do a meat product that would just be insane yeah. you know what i mean no matter how much money they threw at me that would be so insane and also making sure that you are not um like in violation of you know just like any exclusivity you're not gonna work with competitors back to back that's you know what i mean so i'm not gonna say i'm gonna work with this almond milk then i'm gonna work with a completely different brand that's sending a mixed yeah. message as well to your audience especially if you're saying oh i love this one it's my favorite and they're like but I, I, you just said that you know a week yeah. ago as an example yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think just being authentic and professional definitely makes a difference yes, definitely and it's important uh to your brand as well and it, it adds a certain yeah um prestige i guess to, to your yeah, brand yeah. because people realize that okay yeah so this is the, and it adds authority too because if a company is coming to you to say i trust that if you use my product in your stuff i'm getting quality back from you as well so it's it's uh it's, exactly. it's reciprocity on both sides you're a quality brand i think i'm a quality brand and if you work together we can create value for our respective audiences so exactly yeah. and even like Sorry, um, no, sorry. Definitely. even like, as you said, Ad, um, brands are reading your blog, you know, yeah. I, a lot of the brands that reach out, they are already on my email list. Like they sign up and they are paying attention. They want to know what do you do every day? You know what I mean? Because they don't want that. Oh, it's just this one time, yeah. you know, you can imagine you work with someone and for example, they're like not a family friendly blog and the post they do for you is family friendly. But after that, they're like, whoa, I don't, I don't align with you as yeah. a blog, as an example. Um, and so that's something to bear in mind. Like I kind of just, I kind of, <laughs> this thing I say where um, if Obama was to come on my site mm -hmm. tomorrow, what would I change? And if there's something to change, I should just change it mm -hmm. now. Because I don't know. I don't know if he's on my side tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if Michelle is making my recipes. Right. It's important to like just make sure mm -hmm. at all times, e even when I'm not talking to the brand, I am showing that I'm reliable. Yeah. And I think another way to do that is to have like a media kit. You know, it's like our modern day version or creative version of a resume. Yes. And yeah, it shows people, oh, this is what you did for this brand. Mm -hmm. Or, wow, okay, these are your rates or these are your statistics. Yeah. And I think all of that, you know, really helps to show I take this really and that you're prepared. I view myself as a professional. Exactly, exactly. Because if, if at any time somebody reach out to you, especially if it's a brand that you've been eyeing, because sometimes you're on there eyeing yeah. other brands and go, see me, see me, see me. Yeah. <laughs> and they finally see you and they reach out, you're just like, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Just send me the email. Yes. And it's, yes, it's on and popping, <laughs> right? Because exactly. you're 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 prepared, and when you when you're taking your product seriously, and again, I want my audience to start looking at their blogging efforts, their podcasting efforts, their content creation efforts as products. Yeah. These are products yes, of yes, your yes. overall brand. So uh, when you start yeah. looking at it that way, you start feel a sense of responsibility to make sure that you're yeah. producing quality all the time and that you're always yes, prepared exactly. and ready because it, it is better to be in front of an opportunity than be behind an opportunity because then when you're behind, it will pass you. But when you're in front of yeah, the opportunity, it I means like that. that you're prepared and it means that once somebody yeah. says, eh, you're like, B ready yeah <laughs> so, yeah you know because even if you have to go through that little negotiation process you can send them something and they can instantly see the value that they're going to get 
out of it. And and uh, the, and exactly. the flip side of that, if they can't see it, it is always best to walk away and not try to remold yourself for this one I particular brand. Because you said that earlier. Yeah. You don't try remolding yourself. Because if Barack Obama decide that he's gonna s send you out something, that's nice, Mr. President. But let's let's have a conversation <laughs> about what's going on with you <laughs> and how this yeah. is gonna benefit my audience. Because if it ain't, it was nice. It was yeah. nice talking to you. Have a yes, bye. You know what I mean? So being yeah. being willing to walk away from opportunities if they're not aligned, yeah. if they're not um within your expertise, that's another thing, taking on things that yeah. you can't do. So it, there's a, so there's much involved in managing a brand. Yeah. Yeah. And even like when you said like saying no to something, like they said that if you say no to something, you're saying yes to something yeah. else, you know? Um, I have definitely seen where I was like, man, I really wish I had worked out. But if that had worked out, I wouldn't have had this amazing opportunity that came yeah. afterwards because I stayed true to myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So totally. Yeah. And then that. sometimes people will respect you saying like, this is, this is not yeah. of my brand. Cause you never know that company may have several brands under their umbrella and they might be approaching you with one and exactly. you say no and they go, you know, I respect that. Let me see how we can yeah. see what else we have that we can. Cause yeah. And then sometimes what it is, is that. It doesn't have to be exactly because you're just a chef in the kitchen and somebody who maybe make um, a non-food product reach out to you. It may still mm -hmm. be able to work depending on what that non-food product is. It could be knives, it could right, be forks, right. it could be pots, it could be pie, it could right, be a cutting exactly, board, exactly. it could be a kitchen yeah. cabinets or a stove or something, yeah, yeah. right? But it, it may not yeah. be exactly what you're doing. But once it's in the general field of what you're doing, it's yeah. all, there are also opportunities there. So it's like concentric circles. So you have the core of what you do, and then you have rings that go out and out and out. But exactly. once they remain exactly. within the field you're good and you can explore it. Exactly. So it's, it's about thinking of uh, thinking outside the box and, and seeing what other opportunities are there, not just speaking engagement, not just the affiliate market, but what else is out there that I can yeah. take advantage of once you've built your brand up to a particular level. And I particularly think your brand is at a, you know, at a level level. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, what is some advice that you could give? And I know a lot of what you said have been amazing advice, but to, but to, e but to end, um, and this is going to yeah. be an extended version, clearly, because we've gone way over the one hour mark, but I think it's really important <laughs> to have a blogger of your caliber who's been doing this for so long, who is now versed in it, I think, and who is um, doing all these other things and can really speak to it at from a level where I'm l I'm looking down to see what else is happening because I've already gotten myself to that level. And that's that's not to say nobody else is doing it, but you're at the top of your game. And when you're at the top of your game, you have a vantage point, yeah? So from yeah, your... Thank you. Yeah, man, but you so know. <laughs> come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So from your vantage point... um. What mm -hmm. what are some of the things? What some what some advice that you could give to other persons who may not necessarily be interested in food blogging, but maybe thinking about getting into the digital space, producing producing yeah. content in general. Because whether the content is for food, whether the content is like me, whether you're talking about digital branding, doesn't matter what content you're producing. Certain principles yeah. apply generally. Yeah. 
So from yeah, your course, vantage point, what what are some what are some of the advice that you can give Jamaicans specifically who are trying to get into the digital space, thinking about creating mm-hmm. content and how to go mm-hmm. about making sure that you're on brand, consistent, relevant, but still remain fresh. Right. Okay. So um, I would say number one, and I know I've said this already, get a business plan. I can't oh, thank God she said it again. Yes. Plan. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell them five million times. It, <laughs> it made like the biggest difference over everything because I think even though I knew I took it seriously, this showed me just how much more serious and business like I needed yeah. to have taken it, mm-hmm. you know? And for other people who did not know how much I cared about it to also see mm-hmm. it, you know? Because it's very easy to be like, no man, everybody know I love this, but I need someone who has nothing to do with me to look on and see I can see the effort you're putting in because you made this plan, you know what I mean? So I definitely say, if you have that in place, then you can do all the creative things that you want, you know? Um, but yeah, that's like my number one thing. Um, apart from that, I would definitely say I love being Jamaican. I share it all the time. But if you view yourself in like a limited space, you're not going to reach everyone. So I think just saying, I even just like just to say it to yourself, you know, I will reach everyone. Just making sure that every my thing is at an international standard. Anyone can come on my site or my page or my podcast or anything and relate you know what i mean and can get knowledge from this so i think just looking at what you're saying and saying how is this of global relevance um and speaking of that i think making sure you have a niche no matter what it is you have a niche you know what i mean making sure you have a niche making sure that you have an audience that you're catering to and one of the things that i like to say all the time is is this adding value because it's very good and well for me to just be spouting and here's a recipe, here's a recipe, but if I'm not letting you know, by the way, this takes only 30 minutes, you can make this when you come home from work, or you can make this at the beginning of the week, and you can switch it up throughout the week if you want, you know, add some sort of value to people's lives, and that is how people keep coming back, that's how they're important, you know, you're important to them, and they're important to you as well, because when you know you're adding value, that's just going to change even the way you do your own content, you know what I mean? Um, I think, I know we spoke about like just treating your business like a business, not like a hobby. Just putting in that framework, and of course it ties back into the business plan, but investing in yourself in the areas that will help you to thrive in your business, are that's really going to make a difference. And like you said, if you're a Jamaican, you're trying to figure out about the online space, just do it. I mean, one of the things that holds us back a lot is perfection, and I have to do this first. So like Kadia, publish that. <laughs> that guide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy just publish it because i have seen where i have been afraid to release something and it was life-changing you know just saying wow here i thought i it had to be perfect first without realizing there's someone on the other end that that's changing their life you know what i mean and just realizing that what you're doing is good as long as you know it's good quality it's giving value it's gonna benefit people even if it's not perfect you know what i mean yeah so I guess that would just be general advice. Um, so this is probably not necessarily business-wise, but in terms of life-wise, if this is something that you love and you want to like just do it forever, you know, or just pursue, keep people around you that will help you to realize your passion, help you know that you're important and what you're doing is important. Because one of the things that I see happen a lot are 
negative vibes to be honest with you you know and not having that tribe around you what is a friend group what is a blogging group people that will encourage you just that to me was something that helped a lot I had an incredible support system I still have an incredible support system so even in the times I'm feeling doubt which happens to everybody I through them will know no I can do this I believe in myself even when I don't they believe in me you know what I mean so I think that's more a life perspective but it does help with the business wise to just make sure that the crowd that you're keeping around you is supporting you. You've just listened to an amazing conversation with Jessica Hilton Leckie, aka Jessica in the Kitchen. Didn't I tell y'all it was gonna be good? It was, wasn't it? I know you guys learned so much because she she literally threw the playbook at us. She gave us everything. Okay, so I, I mean I learned a lot and I and I, I was going to some of these links like girl, let me check out what's going on over here. It was really good and I am so grateful to Jessica for taking the time. Listen, everything that could have gone wrong with recording this episode went wrong. Okay, light go away, internet chip out the audio came out really weird on my end it took me so much to edit this to get it to you know an almost okay listener listening audio thing whatever <laughs> it, it took some wrangling but you see the more you edit podcasts the more you learn so i was able to get into something decent but jessica was a trooper all the way she said yes to everything she was very extremely accommodating she's the nicest person i have to say that again so i'm grateful to you jessica thank you so much for sharing so much with us and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the digital jamaica podcast if you like the show and if you're getting value from the show spread the word okay help us get the word out there share the episodes if you're listening on spotify or itunes leave a review these things really help okay so subscribe download the episode leave a review share these are all free things that you can do to help the show grow so i can you know talk to more people so i can get you more information so we can all win online right that's the goal so guys until we talk again next time or until you tune in next time stay sane stay safe practice social distancing quarantine if you have to and use the time if you're home to self-improve to work on your mental health you know practice mindfulness get in touch with your inner self and all that good stuff right so use the time wisely so at the end of this period once you have overcome this you're better at the end all right that's kind of what i'm doing over here so so thank you guys for tuning in make sure you're following us on social media at the digital jamaican on facebook and instagram Katie francis on linkedin at the digital jamaican on pinterest and digital jamaica on twitter thank you so much guys and until next time bye